Good day. You're listening to European Buddha. Good morning and hello. Welcome to the European Buddha podcast. It is a new year, the year 2022. And as we said last time, we have something to do this year. We want to introduce several groups, several plans, several ideas that are concerned with the idea of engagement or taking responsibility, taking action. So, hello, Emilia. Hello, Stefano. And yeah, please, Emilia, go ahead. Yes, hello and, and happy new year to everyone. I'm delighted to introduce today's guest, Stefano Bettera. He's an Italian journalist and a writer. His latest book is called Labraccio del Mondo. And I'm sure we will go deeper into this uh, book and its beautiful substance. Um, Stefano is also known from his work both in the Italian Buddhist Union and the European Buddhist Union. So, uh, benvenuto Stefano, come sta? Tutto bene? <laughs> Hello, nice, nice to meet you all and thanks for hosting me today. Eh, sto bene, grazie, tutto benissimo. <laughs> Perfect. So, as I mentioned, you have been active uh, both in Italian Buddhist Union and European Buddhist Union. But how did you end up in the first place in uh, Dharma and Buddhism? Well, my experience in Buddhism started, uh, let's say, many years ago, around 25, 30 years ago. And my first um, encounter with Buddhism with, was with the Tibetan Buddhism, just because it was the only form of, of, of Buddhism that I had in my, in my city, in Milano, in Italy. And, but it's, to be honest, uh, even if I think it's a, it's a great and precious tradition, it was not my place. And so um, I started, as many people, I think, I started looking around, looking for uh, other forms of practices, other tradition. And I, I had this encounter with the, the Zen tradition, in, in particular with the, one great teacher from the U.S. that was Bernie Glassman, the founder of the uh, Zen Peacemaker Order. And he was, he was great. He was simply great. He has this kind of uh, way of teaching uh, engaged Buddhism that it was really... Uh, perfect for me, for my uh, for my needs, and for uh, the kind of experience I wanted to do, uh, mixing up a social engagement with the spiritual uh, path. And so it, I, I said to myself that it was exactly the right place and the right moment. Um, I have, I've been practicing Buddhism as I as I told you for uh, around twenty five years now. And uh, what I'm trying to do in these last years mainly is trying to find out a form of practice that is able to speak to the modern society, a sort of what is called secular Buddhism, uh, finding out a way of practicing that is able to face the challenges of the modern society. And how did you do in your everyday life uh, since you are a journalist? You're also um, involved, I would say, in the secular world. 
how does uh, your Buddhist background show, uh, for example, in your journalist work or in your everyday life? As we all have seen in, the, in these last two years, the pandemic gave us the impression to be pushed on one side on in the other side. Uh, Pro-vaccine, against vaccines, this kind of stuff. And unfortunately, uh, journalism in Italy mainly pushed a lot uh, the people in these extreme directions. What I think the Buddhist practice is really able to give people is this way of preserving equanimity and to stay stable on the point, not to be always pushed up with emotions, uh, feelings, and point of views, blank point of views. And so what the practice is giving me, especially in this period, is a sort of uh, stable point where I can go back when I'm in, in the middle of, of the noise of the mist and, and in the middle of everything. It's really helpful to face the daily affairs, the daily emergency, the stress, uh, the fears, the threats. When I put this experience into my daily job, into my daily lives, I have to say that it's really, really helpful and really precious. I was just about to ask you, like, how do you stay sane in this area? Because it's super challenging to really stay calm and, and have the equanimity. And so, but you kind of already answered it uh, through practice. Would you perhaps have a practice to share with us on this area? Oh, yeah. Well, I remember that once I was in a retreat with Thich Nhat Hanh, a very famous uh, Zen master from Vietnam. I was in France, in Plan Village. And what really struck me was that every 15 minutes in the monastery, there were, it was a summer retreat and there were present around 1,000 people. Uh, it's a very huge place, so it's able to host a lot of people together. But every 15 minutes, uh, one monk uh, used to go to a bell and ring a bell for three times and everything magically stopped. And even in the middle of this uh, great amount of people, the silence came up suddenly and it was like being in another world, in another place. What I brought back from that experience was exactly this kind of practice. When I feel that I'm too anxious, I'm too in a hurry, I'm too worried for something, I just sit, I stay with my breath, and I breathe one, two, three times until I'm able to see things from uh, a different point of view. I just move a little bit back from what is happening. I try to look at what is happening from the perspective of, of the practice. And again, uh, this, this gives you, it's, it's like going on vacation for a little bit, you know? It's like- Beautiful. Exactly. <laughs> and it's actually funny because you don't only take the vacation for yourself, but you give it to the others around you because when you stop, it's beautiful. It's, you're a mountain. 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, uh, it was funny because we went, I was in a meeting with, with a friend of mine and uh, he told me uh, two or three days ago, it, it seems that you are able to do 10 things together and you never lose the attention on, ever, on everything. And I said, that's not true, of course. I do 10 <laughs> things together, <laughs> but I do my best to be present. That's it. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. you have to be persuaded, like, take your time. Mm. And then you say, oh, three seconds, just breathing. It's, I don't have that time. But <laughs> if, if you do it, you see, wow, how easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sure. You know, you know, Martin, the point is that you always have time. Because yeah. we, we feel that you, we don't have time. Because we, are, uh, we feel the pressures of everything in the office, at home, uh, when you get out because you have to reach a place. It's, it's always a rush. But the, the secret is that you can step back if you want, if you really want. Would you like to tell us something about your latest book? I mentioned the name. Uh... Braccio del Mondo. L'abbraccio del mondo. The embrace of the world. And, oh yes, thank you for, for this question. The book is mainly about how to create and cultivate and promote an ecological mind. And what I call ecological mind, uh, of course, has to do with the, with the, the environment, with the, the issue of the ecological crisis. But it's more about the way we face it and the way we face any kind of emergency, any kind of problem, and how uh, the several um, people who have this uh, experience of wisdom in the past, I mean, spiritual people, philosophers, writers, artists, uh, I try to... Uh, I tried in the book to uh, put some elements coming from these uh, several different traditions that can be useful tools to face life, to face life in another way, in a more wise way, in a more, uh, with more equanimity, compassion, wisdom, calm, and also um, to use language and to use words in, a, in another way, not like weapons, but words that are able to join, to put people together. And there's one very important uh, section of the book about the community, because I think that the community is the place where this ecological mind is able to rise up and to become something real. Micro community, macro community, are just the same. And the point is, how do we want to create another way of living that is able to make us flourish again? A life with meaning, perhaps. Absolutely, or, yes. Or, or with a perspective. I think this would be uh, greatly needed. And what you also wrote in an article, you uh, mentioned that The challenge is also to act and not simply to react in the face of uh, danger or like in the uh, face of climate change. And I was thinking, yeah, this is actually this is needed because we we think oh, we have to react to the crisis. Absolutely. I, I, I remember a, a, a book that came out in the U.S. Um, 
I think two or three years ago, wrote, wrote by Michael Schellenberger. Michael Schellenberger is a very uh, famous uh, environmentalist from the US. He wrote this book called uh, Apocalypse Never, uh, where he, he points out something that is really interesting because he says, okay, we have the, the climate crisis, but the difference we make is how we face it. Uh, it's very easy, he says, to divide people from good and bad, uh, right and wrong. I'm right, you are wrong. I have the, the real good idea about what is needed and what is not. And it's, it's in this way, you reduce everything to a sort of uh, a consensus affair, a political affair, and you don't reach the point. Because you go, in, you go on reacting and not acting. If you really want to act, and I think that Buddhism is very precious in this, if you really want to act, you have to learn how to stay in the place of non-judgment, of not knowing, and acting from a, let's say, a gentle perspective, a compassionate perspective. And that's the point. You also just named the term uh, engaged Buddhism. Maybe it's also interesting for new people who are interested in Buddhism. Often they encounter Buddhism with an idea of, okay, they are doing a mindfulness practice. They discover also an ethical outlook. How would you uh, describe uh, this term engaged Buddhism? Because often we think, yeah, Buddhism is just to watch your breath. Or yeah. maybe... Sit in, sit in silence and... I, I remember, uh, let's put it this way, I remember um, a quite famous philosopher um, from Lithuania, in France and Lithuania of the last century, that is, it was called Emmanuel Levinas. Levinas used to say something that I, I, I really quoted very much. He said, every time that I meet other people's eyes, in this moment, uh, I'm judged by this sight. The only thing that I can say, I can do, is taking in charge the responsibility to meet the destiny of the other people. Not in theory, but the people that I'm encountering, I'm meeting in that precise moment. And he says that... His destiny becomes my destiny. Before I put on this experience all my ideas, thoughts, convictions, beliefs, uh, experience, that are the things that exactly divide people in two parties, good from one side and bad in the other, in the other side. And engaged Buddhism, I think, has to do with, and engaged compassionate Buddhism has to do exactly with this point. You act when you encounter the experience, the real concrete experience. I remember that in Zen, it said that the spiritual path is the ordinary path. There's nothing special. There's nothing spiritual. Everything is the ordinary life. And it means, in my opinion, that you just have to leave. You just have to leave. You just have to be yourself. You just have to um, stay in the experience that you encounter in that precise moment. So 
once uh, there was a, a monk that went to the Buddha and asked him, now that you are awakened, how do you practice? And he said, well, I simply dwell in emptiness and I seem to dwell within my breath. I practice sitting, walking, lying, and standing. So it means anytime. So you never stop practicing. And practicing means, in my opinion, meeting other people's experience. Exactly what it is, not the idea of the experience, but exactly that. And compassion in, in a Buddhist perspective is just about this. It's not morality. It's not I do it because it's right. It's I do it because it's the only wise thing that I can do in this moment. Yeah, and it's also not about judging. Like we easily might say that I had a bad practice exactly. or uh, this or that, but there's no bad practice. There's practice, and exactly. that's it. Like it's thinking it's about a good funny. practice or a bad practice. Practice it. It still means having a, the an idea about what we do. It's yeah. not being in the present moment. It's yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. When you practice uh, zazen for example, you, you have a contemplative mind. And this, this contemplative mind, it's, it's the kind of mind that is able to uh, open the arms to everything and say, okay, I'm here. That's it. Abracciami. Exactly. That's why, that's why <laughs> abbraccio del mondo. Mm, yes. That's it, 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 the point. It's just, it's just about that. This is a good way to go to the Saskia project because it's kind of, it's making uh, the world safer and stronger. Would you tell a few things about the Saskia project? So it comes from the words safer and stronger communities in Europe. What is it about and how can we contribute to a safer environment? Uh, well, the Saskia project... Uh started uh, one year ago uh, from, again, from a very, let's say, simple encounter that uh, Ron, that is the president of EVU and myself, had uh, during one of our trips to Brussels. Uh, we had this meeting with the people from the Jewish community of, of Brussels that were thinking about a new project that could be able to create conditions for uh, making the places of worship more safer and, and stronger. And uh, after, after a while, we understood that being together was the, the, the conditions to make it possible. So we included in this path uh, also the, the Muslim community and um, Uh, and the Christian Orthodox community of, of, of Brussels. And uh, we created this precise project that has aims to create tools, informations, uh, trainings for the people who live in their worship, of, uh, in their places, in their, in their nations. And they are what we call the security ambassadors, people who are able to have their eyes open and to see if some threats are coming, if, it's, if something is happening. It, it, it's about also uh, the hate speech on the social network, for example, uh, episodes that you are able to read in the media 
uh, about attacks or violence uh, against these religions or, or religion of the other one. And so all this kind of stuff is included in the Sasuke project. So we, uh, what we are doing now is providing a special training to the people who want to be this kind of ambassador, this kind of sentinel in their place. And we think that all together we can really make Europe a safer place for not only for the religious people, but for all the people. And we are actually everyone involved because we are all part of some communities. And it was funny because I remember when I heard first thing about this uh, project, I was thinking like, well, in Finland... No, we we don't need this. And then I heard in the training that actually uh, there was this uh, Vietnamese Buddhist monastery and and they tried to burn it when they were building it. And also other kinds of incidents that that are happening. It's it's not about making people scared. It's about uh, preparing that if something happens, how you do, how you can work so that these don't even happen in the first place. Exactly. It's not, it's not about making people worry. It's about making people more aware about what could happen. Mm-hmm. Because it can happen yeah. anytime, in any place. Mm-hmm. Not, about, not just for the Jews, or the Jews or the Muslims, but for everyone. Mm-hmm. So it's very important mm-hmm. to work before, to prevent. And, and, exactly. And we provide, exactly. We provide the knowledge and the tools to, to make people able to be more aware about what could happen and what they could really do in these occasions. Kind of a little thought inside your head, like, do you know how you behave in a crisis? Do you know what happens if something happens? It's just a little seat of thought to everyone's mind. All of us had once in life the occasion to experiment an emergency situation. And uh, the way you face it makes the difference. Yeah. I think this was a pretty rich uh, experience and conversation. Um, I wanted to ask you, Stefano, is there any possibility that your books maybe be translated into English at some point? I was, I've been asking the same question like half a year. <laughs> uh, I, I tell you, it's my, uh, it's my hope and my dream. Uh, to be honest, it's not it's not very easy because uh, the the the, uh, the international market it's it's quite full of very good books coming from the US and 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 UK. But I'm working very hard about this, so never lose the hope. Okay. Or perhaps we should start learning. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's much, that's much better. Yeah. <laughs> and coming and coming to Italy, that is, it's a, it's a, it's a nice place. We love Italy. Gee. I know you, especially Emilia. <laughs> Any last words, Emilia or Stefano? If I may, I I leave you with um, a suggestion of practice that it's it's very. I think it, I, I, it was very very useful for me during all these years. I, I have learned it from. Um, a Korean um, uh, teacher, and the practice is very, very simple, but very powerful, I think. When you sit down in meditation, you just ask, go, uh, keep on asking yourself 
What is this? What is this? And uh, the point is that you don't have to come up with an with intellectual answer. Oh, okay, this is the experience of meditation. Oh, wow, this is uh, the, the present moment. Oh, wow, this is my expression of compassion. Da, 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 da. That is what we usually do. Uh, what is this? It's, it's a, a known question. It's a way of breaking through our ordinary, ordinary way of working in our mind. And uh, again, if we are really, really honest, we have to admit that the only answer that is able uh, to give uh, a smart answer to the question is, I don't have any kind of idea of what is this. It's a very powerful meditation. It's very helpful, I think. So I, I would like to leave you with this suggestion. Wonderful. Thank you for the beautiful huadu, is it how you call it? Exactly. Grazie mille, caro amigo. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much for your time <laughs> and for this moment of sharing. That's, that's, that was really precious for me and I hope it will be precious for the people who are listening. <laughs>